welcome to another McLaren Fans podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Andy Donnelly. Joining me, as always, is Sarah Merritt. Say hello, Sarah. Hello, Sarah. Uh, and our special McLaren guest star this week is Perry Brown. Hello, Perry. Hello, Andy. Hello, Thank Perry. You so for having me. Hello, Sarah. Oh, no problem at all. Um, we're going to get on to the uh, quite exciting Austria GP this that was this weekend in, in a little bit. Um, but first, let's have a quick chat with Perry. So, um, obviously, you're a McLaren fan. I can see that you're wearing a 2008 T-shirt, possibly. The, the giveaway at the back is the... Uh... Oh, well, yeah, yeah, definitely. And you can so, tell that because all the stickers are still on it as well. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, yeah, the older the merch, the, the, the newer it looks. The, long, the longer it lasts, yeah. <laughs> um, so I guess by that, you've, you've been a McLaren fan for, for quite a while. Um, just tell us a little bit about how you kind of got into watching F1, being a McLaren fan and, and kind of... Um, you know, have you been to some races or anything else like that? Um, yeah, just tell us a little bit about that. So let's start with them um, when you start watching F1. Sure. So the first season I watched was 1997 um, when I was eight years old. So my dad was and still is, unfortunately, a huge Ferrari fan. Uh, I know, I know. I really disappointed him, unfortunately, because... I then saw Michael Schumacher hit the wrong part of Jacques Villeneuve, my friend, and um, decided I didn't want to like the red team at all. Um, but I really liked the silver cars that were going around, and especially the the stunning blue helmet of Mika Hakkinen. Um, so from that point on, I was a McLaren fan. Um, followed them since then, since I was a little boy, and just growing up with with the team and and through the, the various stages. Um, and just enjoying the highs and sticking it through the uh, the uh, the lows as well. Yeah. Would you say that um, Mika Hakkinen was like is this your favourite driver? Like absolutely, yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, he's 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 it's interesting how many people actually get have getting into following McLaren through watching Mika Hakkinen um, in the sort of uh, late nineties, early two thousands, and stuff like that. So, yeah. Certainly, I was a bit scared um, of saying it in case it just came across as, oh, right, I see, you just supported the uh, two-time champion. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think it would ever come across that way because Mick is so, so beloved by all of us, you know. I mean, as, as you've probably seen from following our Twitter, we were lucky enough to be invited to an event at McLaren with him. Um, was that two years ago, Andy, now? Yeah. Three yeah. years? I've lost the plot. Um but yeah, he's such he's such a, a cool dude, as well as the driving and the history that backs him up. So good choice. Yeah, I, I wonder if he actually listens to the podcast. <laughs> of course he does. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure all the ex McLaren drivers do, including Jensen. Hey, Sarah. Well, let's let's hope so. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So um, yeah, obviously you've got quite a history there with sort of McLaren. Like that, have you have you been to sort of many races? I guess um, Silverstone. I haven't been to Silverstone. I've only been to one race, um, which was the 2013 Hungarian Grand Prix. Um, Me and a friend, a good one. We worked out that it was cheaper to go away for eight days and have a full blown holiday and immerse yourself in Formula One than um, 
get a general admission ticket to Silverstone, <laughs> but it was a cracking race. It was blisteringly hot. Um, unfortunately, the Tannoy was speaking a different language. I didn't understand it, but it was speaking along and it says Bahrain 2005. And I turned to my friend and said immediately, they're talking about temperature. Um, so it was, it was astoundingly hot. And luckily we were in the, the only grandstand covered. Um, loved the race and then poured onto the track with everyone else to celebrate Lewis Hamilton's first win as a, as a Mercedes driver. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that was, yeah. I mean, that's going back a few, few years now. I keep, I keep thinking that um, going back that far, Lewis was still racing for us, but obviously it was 2012 when he moved across, wasn't it? So um, yeah. yeah. Um, Budapest is a, is a, is a race I've been to a few times and I, you know, I think Sarah's been a few times as well. And, like you say, you could pay 600, 700, 800 pounds in the UK to go to Silverstone, but you could go for eight days holiday in Budapest and probably all your drinking money flights and everything else, um, which is another reason why it'd be nice to be able to kind of, you know, start to see some fans back at the races and everything else like that. So hopefully, um, I, doubt, I doubt it this year, but maybe next year we'll start to see... Um, us being allowed to travel to some races and things like that. But yeah, definitely Budapest is a good yes, one to go to. Yes, yeah, it's, it's one on their highly recommended list. And as you say, much like Barcelona, you can get your ticket, your travel, your accommodation, pretty much for the same price as one of the more expensive Silverstone tickets. So, uh, so yeah, what would you rather do? Have a holiday, stay in a field in Northampton. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, unfortunately, this year we've only got one choice, but you know we have. that's what we're going to do. Okay, so let's move on to the Austrian Grand Prix weekend. Um, yeah, kind of. It, it's hard to sort of start without saying it was another good weekend, um, a very good weekend for us, in fact. Um, once again, I don't read too much into the sort of Friday and Saturday practice, but. What always what I always look for is that the two drivers are close to each other in the timings. And once again I thought we were pretty much yeah, Lando and Dan were, you know, not far off each other in the Friday sort of practice. Um, while we weren't sort of setting things alight at the top of the timing charts. Um yeah, I just thought we looked quite consistent. Um what about you, Sarah? Yeah, I think so too. And you know, practice is more important now that we don't have as much testing throughout the year. We're not there to put in the glory laps. We're there to do the work. You know, you often hear them talk about they completed their test plan or all the things they were going to do. So when we go into Friday practice and they're looking to set the car up, there might be some new parts. There might be something they're tweaking or running in a slightly different way. So I'm, I'm never that worried about where they are in the timing. Of course, if Lando and, and Dan are at the top, I take a screenshot, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but generally, practice is meant to be for practice, so I'm not that worried where we finish. Um, I don't know if you feel that way as well, Perry, or if you're able to watch practice on a Fridays. Does that, does that fit with work? Do you have to watch it afterwards? Um, I don't. I'm not able to watch FP1. I'm at work, but I get to finish at about lunchtime, so... Um, if I'm allowed free reign of the TV, I'll stick FP2 on, see how we're doing. But it's it's very difficult to read, as as you suggest. You, you look at the times um, alone, and that's over one lap. But if they've done that in the middle of a 10-lap stint, they've got fuel on board. You know, it's about the race on Sunday. It's not about those 
spectacular that times on a Friday afternoon. Um, yeah. So- but we have to assume they did what they needed to because, boy, Quali was good. Yes. yes. <laughs> let's, let's move on to Quali then. Uh, so we we obviously had Dan um, qualified in P13. Um, when you saw the the onboard afterwards, and I think Dan said this himself, he made, he made a slight error in T, turn four, which cost him a bit of time. Um, but when you actually looked at all of the, the sort of qualifying from Paul all the way down to sort of 13, 14, 15, there wasn't a, there wasn't a lot of time between them. It was very, very close. And they were all, when, they were all within one second, weren't they? Yeah. So when you start looking at it and thinking, oh, my God, you know, Dan's only qualified P13, you actually look at the times and he wasn't that far off being up there with, with Orlando, you know, the, the, the times are so, I don't know how to kind of explain it, but, it's, you know, we're talking tenths, aren't we, and hundreds sort of differentiate the cars now. So It's such a short lap that if you give up a tenth in a corner, just snatching a break, yeah. that equals far more positions here than anywhere else. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Very, very good point. Is, quite, is it the shortest lap that we've got on the calendar? It is. It is, and we do the most laps there, don't we? Right. Um, was Bahrain last year, you know, when we did the outer track, was that shorter or would that be? Southern Ooh. that was 55 seconds. Right. So that was shorter than, yeah. Wow. Yeah. But I like this. I like these short races. They're quite good because you think, well, loads of laps, but actually getting the same amount of mileage as what you do any other race. So It's a cunning ploy, Andy. They're is. just fooling you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember it took me a few races when I was first started watching F1 to figure out what was going on, why one race was 61 laps and another one was 78, and I was like, that makes sense. But, yeah, I was young. Who knows? Uh, let's get on to Lando. So, um, I I don't know, but it kind of – I sat there. I was absolutely good for him, but I was absolutely over the moon at the same time. It was like two sides of an emotion, a yin and a yang. Um a P2, like on merit. Um, not that's not a pun, um, but <laughs> um, not on know, me, not on me, yeah. Um, but 0.048 of a second to get off Paul is like incredibly close. And I believe he was on Paul and would have had pole position until that last corner. Um, yeah, if you saw the, the Sky Sports the Skypad analysis that Karun Chanbuk did with him. Um, you, they showed you bit by bit around the lap how he was just ahead and it was just on that last bit. But, you know, let's let's just stop there for a minute. Are we moaning that we were second? Are we moaning that we were on the front row? What What's happened? Honda years, hello? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're not having a 70-place penalty. We're on the bloody front row, people. Let's get excited. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's one of the things that kind of caught me off guard a little bit that there wasn't like this massive outpouring of euphoria on Twitter for a P2 in a front row. And I'm like, why not? Why is this not happening? Why is everybody, and obviously the team that were and everything like that, and you know, we were over the moon and stuff. But it just goes to show again, isn't it? We're making so much progress. Um, what was your take on um, the qualifying then, Perry? Yeah, much, much the same. I think. The, the, I think 
people were remembering the race before, you know, Lando again, brilliant qualifying, starting third, got a good start. And then a few laps into the race decided, you know, they decided, or Randy decided that the better option would be to let the two cars behind go. Let's take fifth today. So I think probably a lot of people watching seeing second and thinking, yeah, but that's not going to equate to much. Uh, so it's really good to see come Sunday, I'm jumping ahead a bit, but come Sunday, we, we went for it. Yeah. Well, we mean, let the boy race. Yeah. I mean, you, you know, you had Zach, you had Lando and even Andreas saying before the race that P5 could be happy with that. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe Lando just went, yeah, sod that. I'm just going to go out and like try and win it, um, <laughs> which, which I'm sure he does every time. But um, yeah, I mean, I find that sort of on the you know on quality, it's a good place to start. But like we've said before, points are on the Sunday, and that's really what matters. So let's talk about race day. It was a very exciting race for it was for McLaren fans, I guess. Uh, I think if some of the fans of some of the teams might not have found it so exciting, but certainly uh, you knew it was going to be a bit crazy when we had the national anthem happen on, uh, which was basically done on Guitar Hero, from what I could see. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But that was quite, that was quite, uh, that was quite an interesting start. Original, different. I've not seen that before. I've seen, obviously, drumming bands and stuff like that, and people with bounds and everything else. But yeah, um, to actually have a rock band play. But even if you if you think back to the previous race, Austria's done us proud for a, a different sort of national anthem, haven't they? We had the guy that sounded like he sung with the scorpions kind of whispering in a grouchy voice, didn't we, the week before? Yeah. And then and then yeah, we've got full on Bon Jovi impressionists taking it on, you know. It's uh <laughs> I, I thought it was good for a change. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was. Yeah. Certainly it'll be it'll be remembered a bit like when we had the um Remember when we went to Corda for the first time and they had that like sort of American in- introduction when all of the uh, drivers came out? Yes, yeah. like, hey, is- Lewis Hamilton. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And they gave them all <laughs> nicknames, which I'm forgetting what they are now. But yeah, if anybody remembers what the nicknames were for the drivers when they did Corda, give us a shout on Twitter. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. So let's get into the race itself. So. Um, yeah, Perry, what what did you think of the race? Um, you know, kind of let's start with the with the start is a good place to start. So, you know, um a lot of build up. I, I don't know about you, but I was quite nervous. I was a lot nervous, to be honest. <laughs> we had a lot to lose, didn't we? Um yes. we certainly had more to lose than than normal, um, if if there was contact. Um Lando and McLaren were saying beforehand, look, we we've not got a championship to win. That the staff yep. so if there's the chance we're gonna go for it into turn one he got he got a better start but he didn't get you know for sap and covered him and uh that was that so from there you're thinking okay right solidify second and and that he did then uh straight into a into an early safety car um just to bunch them back up and to put our nerves back on back on hold yet again yeah. um because we knew there was going to be red bull tactics yeah i uh, thought I thought it was quite interesting that Verstappen pointed his car across to Lando. Yeah. To me, that means they know something. They know we're fast somewhere. 
in this track. Everyone was saying that we're fast, we're fast down the straights, but if he's pointing his car towards us, he knows that we're getting a good start and we're fast off the line. So, yeah, I mean, if if Verstappen is is worried about Lando and P two, that's a great thing for us. I think we'll take that. Absolutely. <laughs> And, you know, you, you watch that start and, and I was thinking to myself, bloody hell, Lando was being interviewed by Sky about five minutes ago and he was stood there calm as anything. We were at home all like jiggling about thinking, oh, you know, come on, Lando. And uh, and he, there he is just before he gets in the car doing an interview with Natalie Pinkham and Johnny Herbert. And he's as, he's as chilled as anything. You know, you see a lot of drivers wearing the headsets, blocking everything out because they want to be in their space, get in the zone. But Lando seems super relaxed, like he's just popping down the park or something, doesn't he? You know, what do you think about that, Perry? Martin Brundle said as much. He he tweeted it, and I think he was missing not doing that track walk, wasn't he? Normally, he goes up to drivers, says, "Can I have a minute? Can I have a word?" And they they go, "No, no, no, you're too late." And there is there was Lando, as you say, going, "Yeah, come and talk to me. Let's let's have a chat." And then, <laughs> yeah, he would have wanted to have done that grid walk, didn't he? Yeah. So yeah. You know, uh, I guess the first the first lap we got a good start with both cars. Dan made up some places as well, which was good to see. Uh, and this week we didn't turn his his engine off for him halfway around, which was also <laughs> good to see. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I guess we can get on to the controversial part of the race now, um, which was the. Attempted and failed overtake by Sergio Perez on Lando Norris um, that resulted in Lando getting a penalty. Now, I can see why you would get a penalty. I can see why you wouldn't. But what I would say is that, like everybody said, Perez put his car there. He knows the consequences. He knows what's going to happen, right? There was no contact Unlike the Leclerc incident, there was absolutely no contact between Lando and Perez. So I, I feel that we were really hard done by. I, I, I felt that way during the race. I was fuming. I was tweeting about it. I was annoyed. Um, and then obviously as the race progressed, I'm thinking, right, you've set a precedent now. You better be giving everyone else penalties. <laughs> well, they so did. They, became, they were handing them became, out like sweets. Yeah, exactly. It became, uh, became. I don't think Derek Warwick wanted to go home last night. You know, he had half the grid in there, didn't he, after the race? But so I, I became quite annoyed by that. However, today I feel a little bit different about it. Um, I've been reading some things that some sensible, intelligent people have been saying online, not hot-headed people like me. Um, and Will Buxton put an interesting thread together earlier where he talked about this. He said he'd actually met Derek Warwick at the airport and they discussed it. Um, and they've looked at it in a bit more detail. So I'm still a bit torn on it. You know, I'm, I'm less upset by it today. I, I just felt that we were losing out on something because of it. And when I looked at the finish times in my head, we would have been second. So that five seconds feels like it took away a place on the podium. Now, for all we know, that might never have happened. But yeah, yeah. I mean, there was always the chance that, you know, Perez had pulled out, he might get them on the next lap or something like that. So, yeah. you know, it, coulda, shoulda, woulda, all the rest of it. But certainly, um, yeah, I think they made a rod for their own back, having to kind of hand out penalties for the same thing as the race went on. Um, and, and then it got a little bit ridiculous at, at some point. But 
Um, yeah, uh, Perry, what did you kind of make of that that incident? What was your th- sort of initial thoughts? And like as Sarah said in the cold light of day, you know, the next day after you've had a sleep and thought about it, you kind of like, oh, I can see that. Um, you know, kind of, it's like one of those in football. You've seen those penalties given. You've seen them not given. It just depends. So, what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, I I was worried. I'd seen the same papaya mist, um, and uh, I <laughs> took like I'm kidding. And um, if, that, if that isn't a perfume, Perry, they should bring one out called Papaya Mist. <laughs> TM, that's mine. Um, <laughs> uh, I think we've yeah, got the name I'm, of this I'm, week's episode. Papaya <laughs> Mist, yes. Sorry, we keep interrupting you, Perry. Go on. Yeah, <laughs> no, um, yeah I, I was angry about it. Um, and the more I thought about it, the more it was like, no, we, this doesn't feel right. And when they went to Christian Horn, I thought, oh, here we go. Because we know what he's like. And, and most team managers are the same. They're straight in and they go, yeah. no, my driver's in the right. And, or I haven't seen it. I can't, I can't review it. Um, for him to come out and say it's a racing incident and Helmut Mark after the race to say it's a racing incident, it was like, oh, I, I just, I, I didn't agree with it. And then when you look at Imola as well, people were saying, look at Imola, look at Imola. And the same thing happened for Stappen runs to the edge of the track and, and Hamilton has to jump across the curbs. And, and Massey said today, he's like, well, that's first corner, first lap. It's treated differently. Yeah. I think it was the gravel track. I think the only reason there was a penalty there is because it wasn't a concrete runoff. Um, and you yeah. shouldn't be giving penalties based on what's on the outside of the track or what isn't on the outside of the track. Yeah, yeah I think so too. I totally agree with that. I think... Uh... I, I, like everybody uh, who's a McLaren fan, fell off my seat when Horner said it was a racing incident. <laughs> I almost had to, like, do a live rewind on the TV to make sure I'd actually heard it right. <laughs> I was like, what has he just said? And to be fair, even when they interviewed him in Sky afterwards, he stuck to that. Yeah. And he even yeah. stuck to this thing, thing saying that, yeah, the, you know, Perez is this... Um, uh, two five-second penalties. He kind of agreed with the one on the clerk because there'd been contact, but the other one, yeah. And I would have gone along with that. I would have said that the one at turn six for Perez was more harsh because he moved the steering wheel towards the clerk, whereas the, the other two, turn four, yeah, racing incidents. It's always going to happen something there. For me, if there's contact, then yeah. But because there was no contact, I just I still feel it was very harsh and very quite unfair. And I think if they set the precedence and this is what they do forever for everyone else, then fine. I'm quite happy with that because we know what the rules are. Then the fact is that you say you can go back to other races and have a look and say, look at this incident, look at this incident, and they're treated completely differently because, like Perry <laughs> says, there's gravel. Yeah, then what can you do? You know. No, actually, I think there's there's another reason why they're treated differently, and this is this is up for debate. It's because there's a different driver steward at every race. So, you know, I like Derek Warwick. He's English. Obviously, he's nice because he's born where we are. <laughs> but is he going to walk around at the British Grand Prix and get a load of lip next week from people that see him going, "Oh, you that wasn't a penalty"? Highly likely, because. He seems to start something off that led to many other incidents in the race 
Um, and like I say, the 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 way um, not slowing under waved yellow flags at the end that led to about ten drivers having to go to to see the stewards afterwards. I mean, that's just that's just a crazy amount of people to bring in. You've got the data in front of you. Surely you already know whether they've they've exceeded it or not. So, yeah, I I think he just got a bit carried away. I'd like, just, nice I'd like to just point out that there's more than one drive, more than one steward that makes the decision. For all we know, one, don't, yeah, there's a there's a head one though, isn't there? Right, yeah. But for all we know, Derek Warwick could have sat there and went back to not a penalty, and the rest of them overruled him. So, okay, I'm only playing devil's advocate there. So, yeah. Okay, let me let me play devil's advocate back again. I think the last time he was a steward at a race, he did something like this. I need right. to Google that now and look it up. <laughs> yes, Spain 2021. I I looked it up. Uh, Spain 2021, and it's not exactly the same, but. Have a look at the the race start after this, and just just have a have a look at Verstappen's move at the inside of turn one. Again, it's lap one, but again, he does the same thing. He moves across and just shows Hamilton the door. Right. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, I'll definitely have a look at that then. Right. Let's let's kind of move on from the penalties because I think we could kind of like discuss yeah, this for hours. Yeah. Let's so, head to the good stuff. <laughs> right. Let's let's head to the. Um, the champagne or whatever it is that they've got these days. So uh podium a P3 Orlando. Uh once again I'm gonna bring out my stat, which is the only driver to finish in the points all season still. All right, yep. Yeah. Um I hope that continues. <laughs> Could he make yep. it to the end of the season? That would be quite a record. Don't now, jinx the boy, don't jinx him. No, no. But <laughs> I wonder if any other driver is finishing the points all season. It must be Hamilton. Surely Hamilton's done it. But what if Hamilton had like a DNF or bad quality or something like that? Surely there's... Yeah, I mean, you're going to look at... Yeah. It's, it's different, isn't it? When, it is. you know, Ham- Hamilton has an issue in that Mercedes over the last few years. He can pit, change his front in Germany... In fact, um, the run nearly came to an end. He, he's in the pits for a minute. Any other team and they're 19th, 18th, Hamilton can yeah. sit there for a minute and still come out and he finished ninth thanks to uh, penalties to others. So um, it's it's different, isn't it, to yeah. to this run? Yeah, it'd be interesting to find out. I'll, I'll, I'll... He's, uh, he's still Mr Consistency though, isn't he? He is, yes. Um and it's great, great to see Lando on the on the podium again. Great to see the team, not just at the track, but back at the MTC, all celebrating. Yep. Um, I think it's very important we still celebrate P3s. Absolutely. If you get what I mean? Yeah. So um, I'm very happy with that. But also, I'd like to say, I think Dan had probably his strongest race for us. Yep. Um, so far. So far, yeah. <laughs> I can't see into the future, sorry. <laughs> no, no. I just don't want this to be listened back to. And I went, Andy Donnelly said this was his strongest race. Yes, but we don't know about the future yet. But certainly this looks like um, things are going in the right direction, didn't it? Yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, a P7 finish is, is very good for us, making up um, six six places from the start. Um but also, he looked very comfortable. 
which was good. He overtook a few people. Yep. Um, you know, made that car wide in a few places and things like that. So, um, what did you and think of the? He... Go on. I'm oh, sorry. I was just going to say he said he enjoyed it as well. That's the key, isn't it? He enjoyed himself. Yeah. Maybe he's just taken a bit of pressure off himself and just gone right. I just need to enjoy it, not think about I've got to be this fast or anything like that. Uh, Perry, what did you make of the sort of race finishing and and sort of obviously Lando on the on the podium? That's a, it's a good thing. But um, you know, what are your thoughts on both the drivers, Lando and Dan, so far? I th- I think we, we, when we look back to France this year, you you were saying what was the best result? I'm not sure if this is the best result. Obviously, Lando's was was amazing. Undoubtedly, this was the best performance. We took on Mercedes and, to a lesser extent, Red Bull. Um, we took them on on pure pace. There was no red flag. There was no safety car in our advantage. There was no penalties to other drivers that helped us. If anything, we obviously have to discuss and won't go into the, the penalty to ourselves that hampered us and cost us potentially that second. We were there fighting today, and it was it was phenomenal to watch. Just remind me back of those those better years and, and how lucky we used to have it when that was seen as the norm but today it was or yesterday sorry it was it was it was amazing to watch um it really was we kept as i say we kept thinking lando's going to back out and just settle but he never did uh he didn't let the mercedes rest and um and as i said and, and ricardo as well of course um blessing in disguise qualifying outside the top 10 um and as you say having a good race making leclerc have a few wild runs at him in T4. Um, I thought he was going to hit him and, and ruin it all, but luckily kept him at bay. And, and as I said, just a really strong weekend, even stronger than the week before. It was really good. Totally agree, mate. Totally agree. It was a, a great performance from the team. And I kind of wish we were in Austria for another race. <laughs> so does yeah. Max happen, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think the team personnel are looking forward to having a weekend off. <laughs> yes, especially before Silverstone, which of course, you know, is such a biggie for most teams as it's their home race because of where they're near the factory, etc. They tend to have their staff there as well. It's it's a big one, so uh, yeah, they need they need a few days to to get themselves back together before that one. Yeah, well, obviously Silverstone's the next race. Coming up, um, you're going, aren't you, Sarah? Um, I am. I'm going. I'm going on Friday only, but I'm going. Yep. Yeah. What about you, Perry? Are you are you off to Silverstone this year? Uh, unfortunately, not. Um, I looked at tickets far too late. Um, but the, the whole COVID situation, the fact, you know, as I, said, I haven't been to a race since 2013. That's the only one I've been to. Um, tickets are very expensive, and the whole being told that you can't go to a race in 20. 2020 has kind of made me go, do you know what? Actually, I really need to to get back and go to one. So hopefully 2022, I'll be there. Yeah. yeah. <coughs> not, not pushing you in a direction, Perry, but Barcelona is the one to go see, I'd say. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, um, it might be easier to convince the wife to go to that one as well. How, how would you like to go on holiday to Spain? <laughs> yeah, Maybe this Spain, it's sunny. Yeah, 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 exactly. There's a beach. There's a beach there yeah, and everything. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just the, I'm just would be fully Formula One related, just yeah. mostly. <laughs> yeah. She wouldn't even know 
that the race was on in Barcelona. If you leave her in Barcelona Centre, you can just say, I'm just nipping out for some fish fingers <laughs> and then <laughs> go and watch the race and come Sorry. back a few hours later. Fish fingers in Barcelona? What time have you been eating? <laughs> I have had the trackside hot dogs, so, you know. Uh, stay clear of the trackside hot dogs. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I guess there's a lot of fans out there that are going to go to Silverstone, some that aren't. Um, but let's, let us know how you'll be watching Silverstone race weekend. Will you be watching it uh, the comfort of your own home? Will you be actually there? Um, and as, as, uh, Sarah always does, takes a banner, puts it up on the, uh, the um, grandstand for, for people to see as it goes past. Um, and therefore, have you got banners? Are you taking any banners to the races? Let us know. Um, and then we've got one final question for you. Um, we'll put this out on Twitter as well. Is Given that we had the sort of Austrian national anthem played by a rock, a rock band, uh, I'm going to start with you, Perry. Uh, which rock star would you want to have play the national anthem at Silverstone? Uh, we haven't mentioned Foo yet, so Dave Brock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I think I think all those listening will know what you mean by foo. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Sarah? Well, I did say Brian May earlier, thinking of his his guitar playing prowess. But actually, I'm going to change that. My guilty pleasure is Brian Adams. Summer of '69 is one of the greatest karaoke songs ever. So I would like Brian Adams to come over and and uh, do a turn for us. Excellent, excellent. Uh, I'd probably pick Matt Bellamy from Muse. That would be quite an interesting take on it. God knows what would end up with there. Um, but yeah, we, we'll ask you on Twitter what, who you would have, and uh, I'm sure we'll get some interesting replies. Um, yeah, that's uh, all we've got time for this week. Um, thanks for joining us, Perry. I hope you've enjoyed it. Very much so. Thank you very much for having me on. Yeah, thanks for coming on. It's, uh, it's been a pleasure. Um, and thanks, Sarah, once again for co-hosting as well. Um, as always. We'll, we'll be back after the Silverstone race where we're going to try and get a couple of you guys on who have been to the race weekend uh, to tell us um, kind of what you did. Um, well, obviously, within reason. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Nothing dodgy. Nothing dodgy, yeah. Um, you know, did you camp? Uh, what grandstands you were in? Was it the first race you went to and things like that? And just basically get a feel for, um, you know, hopefully what it's like as a fan to go for a race. There's a lot of you guys out there that haven't been in a race yet. We'd love to go. Um, thanks very much again for listening. And we will 